the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When did God raise his hand and pledge to give this land to their fathers? Way back in Genesis with Abraham. He made this pledge to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob, the patriarchs, that he would give them the land. Now, up to this point in human history, up to today, 2021, Israel has never, in all of their history, never possessed all of the land. Imagine being promised land and not having it yet, even to this day. That describes the Jews. The Lord promised them specific land. Pastor Dan will remind us today that at the end, Jesus will not have forgotten His promise. He will also speak more about the land during this time and who will occupy each area. A name change will happen. Jesus will dwell with all of us that have accepted His gift, turned from our sin, and lived for Him. It's what He has desired from the beginning, to be with you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So verse 11 then goes on to tell us that, but its swamps and marshes of the Dead Sea will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. So there still will be some salt or along the, the swamps and marshes surrounding the Dead Sea. So you'll, you know, you'll still be able to float in the Dead Sea you know, and put the mud on. You just got to go over into the marshy area, I guess, to get it. But that'll still be available to you during the kingdom age. Verse 12, along the bank of the river on this side and that side will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month. That's some trees, isn't it? Every month they're going to have fruit because their waters flow from the sanctuary. Abundant life. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Again, conditions during the kingdom age will return to Eden-like abundance, just like we see in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis. And really what God is doing, he's, he's restoring what was lost by the fall. Remember, the abundance of Eden and all of the trees and all of the fruit and all of the vegetation. And we see this here now in the kingdom age. The fruit from the trees will be perpetual. They'll be year-round. They'll be for food. The leaves will be for medicine and for healing. And then now coming into verse 13, the Lord describes the borders of the land of Israel and the kingdom age. Now remember, this is being told to Ezekiel who's in captivity and all the Jewish people are in captivity 
in Babylon. Their country has been destroyed. Jerusalem has been burned to the ground. The temple's been destroyed and burned to the ground. They're slaves. Their nation, their country is a wasteland. And to have these precious promises from God about their future. That's why the Bible tells us to set our hearts on things above where Christ is and not on the things of this world. You know, same prescription for us in the world that we're living in and the times that we're living in. To set our hearts and minds on Christ and eternity with him. Verse 13, thus says the Lord God, these are the borders by which you shall divide the land as an inheritance. Notice, among the twelve tribes of Israel, Joseph shall have two portions. It mentions here, the land's going to be divided among the twelve tribes of Israel. If you remember... After King Solomon died, there's a civil war that takes place in Israel. The nation splits into two kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom that became known as Israel, made up of ten tribes. And there's the southern kingdom called Judah, which was two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And they never reunify again. Eventually, the northern kingdom of Israel is conquered by the Assyrians and taken off into captivity, and they're gone. They disappear. They're gone. They're just, they're taken by the Assyrians. Those ten tribes, they're gone. So you've just got Judah and Benjamin in the south. And then 136 years later, after the northern kingdom is conquered, the southern kingdom's conquered by the Babylonians and destroyed. And so now, though, we're told in the kingdom age, the nation of Israel will be reunited as one nation. The 12 tribes will be brought together as one nation and the land will be divided up once again among the 12 tribes. What's interesting is most Jewish people today have no idea what tribe they are from. uh, With the exception of just a few, uh, Levin, it's believed they're part of the Levite tribe, Cohen, Kohath. Uh, and that's really about it. There's only one or two that maybe know where, what tribe they're from. Most Jews have no idea what tribe they're from. The genealogical records for the Jewish people were kept in the temple that was burned by the Romans in 70 AD. So all the genealogical records were lost. It's interesting, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, it begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It shows that he's the Messiah. He's the son of David and the son of Abraham. But after 70 AD, those records are wiped out. They're gone. They're burned. It's like losing the National Archives in Washington, D.C. So most people today, most Jewish people, they don't know which tribe they belong to. But during the kingdom age, the Lord will know what tribe they're from. Right? He doesn't lose any of his sheep. And he'll bring them back together. And he will... Divide up the land among their tribes. He says in verse 14, you shall inherit it equally with one another. So the land's going to be divided equally among the tribes. Under Joshua, when they came into the land the first time, it was divided up by population. Larger tribes got more land. Judah got most land because that was the largest tribe. Smaller tribes got less land. But in the kingdom age, it's all going to be divided up equally here. For I Look at verse 14. For I raised my hand. This is the Lord speaking. I raised my hand in an oath to give it to your fathers 
And this land shall fall to you as your inheritance. Man, I love that. When did God raise his hand and pledge to give this land to their fathers? Way back in Genesis with Abraham. He made this pledge to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob. The patriarchs that he would give them the land. Now, up to this point in human history, up to today, 2021, Israel has never in all of their history, never possessed all of the land that God promised to give to them, that God promised to give to Abraham and his descendants. They've never possessed all of the land. But during the kingdom age, for the first time in history, the Jews will possess all of the promised land that was promised to Abraham. Way back in Genesis. Way back in Genesis, this promise that God made, he didn't forget it. You know, and it's not like, They've got, you know, well, they've got a portion of the land or they've got half the land or they got most land. And that, well, God says, well, that's good enough. I, you know, I kind of gave you what I said I'd give you. you. You got most? No. God gave this very specific promise to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob. And he's going to keep that promise in the kingdom age. He's going to fulfill it. I love that. And then it's going to be divided up equally among the 12 tribes. And now he's going, to, he's going to tell the boundaries for us, which is going to have a lot of names in it that aren't really meaningful to us. But it would be meaningful to the Jewish people that are reading this in Babylon. This shall be the border of the land, verse 15, on the north. There's the northern border from the Great Sea. That would be the Mediterranean Sea. By the road of Hethlon, as one goes to Zedad, Hamath, Barathah. Sibraim, which is between the border of Damascus and the border of Hamath, to Hazor Hadakon, which is on the border of Haran. Thus the boundary shall be from the sea to Hazar Enan, the border of Damascus. And as for the north, northward, it is the border of Hamath. This is the north side. On the east side, you shall mark out the border from between Haran and Damascus and between Gilead and the land of Israel. Remember, we just read where Jacob was camping in Gilead when Laban caught up to him. It's the same Gilead. And the land of Israel along the Jordan and along the eastern side of the sea. This is the east side. Verse 19, the south side. Toward the south would be the Negev. Shall be from Tamar to the waters of Meribah by Kadesh. Along the brook to the great sea. This is the south side toward the south. The west side shall be the great sea. Well, that's easy enough. That's the Mediterranean Sea. That's going to be your western border. When you get to the sea, that's it. From the southern boundary until one comes to a point opposite Hamath, this is the west side, the western border. Now, this is the same area of land that God promised to Abraham. This area of land, just to give you some kind of geography perspective here, this is going to include all of modern Lebanon, Think the Lebanese people like these verses? That Israel one day is going to have all their land? Probably not. It's going to include a huge portion of Syria, including Damascus, will be part of Israel in the kingdom age. So it's huge, huge territory. Then he says in verse 21, Thus you shall divide this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. It shall be that you will divide it by lot as an inheritance for yourselves. Notice, and for the strangers who dwell among you 
and who bear children among you. They shall be to you as native born among the children of Israel. They shall have an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And it shall be that in whatever tribe the stranger dwells, there you shall give him his inheritance, says the Lord God. Now this is interesting. During the kingdom age, strangers or foreigners, non-Jews, non-Jews, Gentiles, will also dwell in the promised land. And we're told here that they will be treated as, as native-born among the children of Israel, just like they're natives. And they also will have inheritance rights. And they will receive an inheritance in the promised land. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. During the Kingdom Age. Now, I used to think that during the Kingdom Age, when we come back with Jesus Christ and we're ruling with Him as kings and priests, that I was hoping I would be assigned to Florida when we come back. I'm changing my answer now. I'd like to be assigned somewhere in the land of Israel. Maybe up in the north, in the Galilee. That'd be great. And I, you guys can come visit me wherever you are in North Dakota, or wherever he puts you, you know, in Guam or some island somewhere. I don't know, wherever he's going to put you. But you can come see me and Israel. So now Florida drops to my number two spot on my list. Israel's on the number one spot for the kingdom age for me. So that brings us to chapter 48, and we'll go through chapter 48 quickly. Um, And this is just the division of the lands by tribe. And the way it's described here, it starts in the north, and it's going to work its way down, moving towards Jerusalem, and then south of Jerusalem. And so Jerusalem's the center. Temple is the center. God's the center of everything here. So verse 1, now these are the names of the tribes from the northern border along the road to Hethlon and the entrance of Hamath to Hazor Enon, the border of Damascus northward in the direction of Hamath. There shall be one section for Dan from its east to its west. So it's going to stretch all the way across the land and it's going to be equally divided by the border of Dan from the east side to the west, one section for Asher. By the border of Asher from the east to the side to the west, one section for Naphtali. These are generally kind of where they were located before. By the border of Naphtali from the east side to the west, one section for Manasseh. By the border of Manasseh from the east side to the west, one section for Ephraim. By the border of Ephraim from the east side to the west, one section for Reuben. By the border of Reuben from the east side to the west, one section for for Judah. Now, so we're moving down and we're getting now near uh, Jerusalem and now near the temple and closest now to Jerusalem, the tribe that gets to live closest to Jerusalem and the temple and the presence of God will be Judah. 
and Benjamin. Why those two tribes? Because they were the two tribes that didn't rebel. The other ten tribes rebelled. They rebelled against the Davidic dynasty that God had established. They rebelled against God's order. But Judah and Benjamin didn't rebel. And so they get to dwell closest to the Lord. That's one of the benefits of their faithfulness. One of the rewards for their faithfulness. So now, verse 8. By the border of Judah from the east side to the west shall be the district which you shall set apart 25,000 cubits in width and in length, the same as one as the other portions from the east side to the west with the sanctuary of God in the center. Remember, we talked about this in a previous chapter. Verse 9, the district that you shall set apart for the Lord shall be 25,000 cubits in length and 10,000 in width. To these, to the priests, the holy district shall belong on the north, 25,000 cubits in length. On the west, 10,000 in width. On the east, 10,000 in width. On the south, 25,000 in length. The sanctuary of the Lord shall be in the center. God's in the center of this nation. Verse 11, it shall be for the priests of the sons of Zadok, who are sanctified, who have kept my charge who did not go astray when the children of Israel went astray, as the Levites went astray. The sons of Zadok stayed faithful to the Lord. Even while everyone else was going astray, they stayed faithful to the Lord. And so they get to serve in the presence of the Lord. And this district, verse 12, of land that is set apart, shall be to them a thing most holy by the border of the Levites. Verse 13. Opposite the border of the priests, the Levites shall have an area 25,000 cubits in length and 10,000 in width. An entire length shall be 25,000. It's width 10,000. So you've got the temple in the center there with Jerusalem. And you've got the priests and the Levites. They live around the temple, immediately around the temple. And they shall not sell or exchange any of it. They may not alienate this best part of the land, for it is holy to the Lord. Verse 15 the 5,000 cubits in width that remain along the edge of the 25,000 shall be for general use by the city for dwellings in common land, and the city shall be in the center. So they've got some land there that's just common use land for everybody to use. These shall be in its measurements, the north side, 4,500 cubits, the south side, 4,500, east side, 4,500, the west side, 4,500. The common land of the city shall be to the north, 250 cubits to the south, 250 to the east, 250 to the west, 250. The rest of the length, verse 18, alongside the district of the holy section shall be 10,000 cubits to the east, 10,000 to the west. It shall be adjacent to the district of the holy section and its produce shall be food for the workers of the city. The workers of the city from all the tribes of Israel shall cultivate it. So it's public land for farming. The entire district shall be 25,000 cubits by 25,000 cubits, four square. You shall set apart the holy district with the property of the city. The rest, verse 21, shall belong to the prince. Remember, we've talked about the prince. Uh, It's likely that it's King David resurrected. And we've talked about that in previous studies. On one side and on the other of the holy district and of the city proper next to the 25,000 cubits of the holy district as far as the eastern border and western, next to the 25,000 as far as the western border, adjacent to the tribal portions, 
It shall belong to the prince. It shall be the holy district and the sanctuary of the temple shall be in the center. Moreover, verse 22, apart from the possession of the Levites and the possession of the city, which are in the midst of what belongs to the prince, the area between the border of Judah and the border of Benjamin shall belong to the prince. As for the rest of the tribes, aren't you glad we're through that part? From the east side to the west, Benjamin shall have one section. By the border of Benjamin from the east side to the west, Simeon shall have one section. By the border of Simeon from the east side to the west, Issachar. Verse 26, by the border of Issachar from the east side to the west, you have Zebulun. By the border of Zebulun from the east side to the west, you have Gad. Remember, Gad dwelt on the other side of the Jordan River when they first came into the promised land under Joshua, along with Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh. Now they're in the land where they're supposed to be. Verse 28, by the border of Gad on the south side toward the south, that's towards the Negev, the desert, the border shall be from Tamar to the waters of Meribah by Kadesh along the, great, the brook of the great sea. This is the land which you shall divide by lot as an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. And these are their portions, says the Lord God. In verse 30, now we have a description of the gates of the city. These are the exits of the city on the north side, measuring 4,500 cubits. The gates of the city shall be named after the tribes of Israel. The three gates northward, one gate for Reuben, one gate for Judah, and one for Levi. On the east side, you'll have three gates, one for Joseph, one for Benjamin, one for Dan. On the south side, uh, you'll have one gate for Simeon, one gate for Issachar, and one gate for Zebulun. And on the west side, you'll have one gate for Gad, one gate for Asher, and one gate for Naphtali. Verse 35, all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. And the name, look at the end of verse 35, the name of the city from that day. So we're changing the name of Jerusalem. The name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Or your translation might say, uh, Yahweh Shama. The Lord is there. So the name of Jerusalem will be changed from that day on. It will no longer be known as Jerusalem. It will be known as Yahweh Shama. The Lord is there. God is there. Jehovah is there. And the reason it will be called Yahweh Shama, the Lord is there, is because Jesus Christ himself will personally reign from that city. And this is what God has desired from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. To dwell with mankind, have a relationship with man. This is what God desires with each of us. To have a relationship with us. So much so that he came to this earth once before and he died on the cross for our sins to redeem us so that we could have a relationship with him so that we can dwell with him and he can dwell with us. And in the kingdom age, all that mankind lost in the garden is restored. And man is dwelling with God and God is dwelling with man. And the Lord is there. 
dwelling in the midst of mankind once again. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable and knowing that you cannot find alone. And you can listen carefully and sometimes even if you General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.